Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to Myth Taken. I am Amanda, joined by... Dan. Dan. Um, this episode, we are talking about the Mothman. The Mothman. The Mothman. Um, Dan, what do you know about the Mothman? I know that he is a man. Or not a man, but he <laughs> might be a moth. Um, I do know that there was this town in the 60s that um, thought they saw him frequently for a spurt of time. Time. <laughs> him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know a whole lot about him. I just know that the imagery of him is pretty cool. Or of it, rather. It's, it, it doesn't really... I mean, they, there is not a, a, a specimen, so there is no sex. Right. So kind of the Mothman. <laughs> okay. Um, you're right. So West Virginia is um, where his legend begins, namely in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, a lot of people in 66 began seeing what they coined the Mothman. Um, they saw him in Point Pleasant. They saw him in what they called the TNT area which was an abandoned munitions place for World War II. So there was um, gunpowder, uh, igloos full of it, tunnels that were abandoned, other things like that, um, all in this place that they think he was living in because not a lot of people were, were hanging out there in the TNT area. I see. Um, I guess, well, I did watch with you the other night a a little um kind of docu series or whatever um that was about the mothman um and they did kind of they did describe the munitions plant and about how there be, there being uh, a lot of caustic uh chemicals in the plant that probably or that did seep into the area's drinking water mhm a lot of chemical pollution that they found, and I think they're still recovering from. At least they were in the 80s. But, I mean, stuff takes a really long time to actually get out of an area, so I wouldn't be surprised if they still have some pollution going on. Yeah, that's what one of the one of the people in the, in the program uh, mentioned, that the EPA is still actively um, trying to get it out of the town's drinking water. Yes. Um... So, yes, in 1966, there was the first sighting of the Mothman on November 12th. Um, Really not much was said about this sighting other than there were five men in a graveyard preparing a grave, and they saw a winged creature lift off from a tree, and they all saw it and were like, what was that? And they knew it was really big, so they didn't think it was just a bat or a bird. Um, the second sighting was three days later on the 15th. And this one's a little more interesting than the first sighting because it, um, had two couples involved and they were all driving in a 57 Chevy. So both the couples were in the same car. Yes. They were all in in one car. Um, they were driving down, I I think it was Highway 62, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I don't know the uh, geography 
of the area. So I, <laughs> I can neither, um, uh, I can't back it up. That's what I'm saying. Right. Um, so they were driving, I think they were in the TNT, like driving by the TNT area on the road towards Point Pleasant when they saw um, a figure in the road that was very tall and they saw glowing red eyes and a lot of the descriptions of the Mothman remark on his glowing red eyes, which is, explains your tattoo. Yeah, I do have glowing red eyes uh, tattooed among my other cryptids. Um, some of the the people in, in, in the descriptions seem like they described it as looking kind of like the Thunderbird or a Thunderbird. There is that debate, I think. Where like they, they think maybe that because of where it was, it, you know, the idea of it living in the munitions plant and it possibly being a Thunderbird that maybe it was like a mutated Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely didn't look completely bird-like because a lot of the descriptions of the Mothman um, comment how his, you know, he didn't really have a defined neck. Some don't even think he had a head. Rather, he just had like eyes in a chest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the the um, illustrations of him, you don't really see much of a, like a bird-like visage. It, it's kind of yeah, shoulders with wings and glowing eyes. Yeah. Um, so it's like it has big, giant, glowing nipples and no <laughs> head. Yeah. It, it, it's weird because he doesn't really look like a moth. At least none of the pictures I've seen makes him look that moth-like. Some people think he look, looked more like an owl and how they don't really have a big neck unless they like stretch it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he kind of, I mean, he looks, m- m- at least some of the, the artist's renditions uh, or representations, they look kind of moth-like where they, more, I guess, Mothma- or, uh, Mothra-like. <laughs> Mothra. Um, so, yeah, back to the couples in the car. They're driving towards Point Pleasant. They see this very large creature. Um with the glowing red eyes and they I think they either stopped or they slowed down to look at it and the creature noticed them and started to give chase so they drove really really fast um some people said they only drove like 80 or 90 another thing I read said they drove over 100 miles an hour and this creature was able to not only keep up but also fly over the car or fly beside the car yeah, the the uh, at least the the person that was recanting the story, not it wasn't the people that that uh, witnessed it, um, a Mothman historian or a, a museum owner. He uh, he did mention that the Mothman would like, at least the way the people described it, would would approach the vehicle and then go ahead of the vehicle, drop behind the vehicle, just kind of like taunting them. Yeah. Um, and you know cars, so a 57 Chevy, would it easily be able to go over a hundred? Well, it depends. I mean, does this 57 Chevy have a 350? Does it have a 400? Did they, did they give any specifics of, of engine and or transmission? 
Not that I found um, or saw. I mean, if it was a uh, a V8, yeah. I mean, those cars moved. I mean, and, and especially like if it was in, what, 1966, that car was mm-hmm. only, you know, the car was maybe 10 years old. So um, it could probably, and especially if they were on a, on a straight stretch, that car definitely could break 100, no problem. So could be factual there. Um, so yeah, it, the creature chased them all the way to Point Pleasant. Um, and then one of the stories I read said that they were all really terrified. Um, once they got to town, I mean, it kind of just left them alone once they got to the town and they were all really terrified of it, but they wanted to face their fear. So they decided to go back and see if they could find it again. Um, and they did find it like it was waiting for them and chase them back into town. Um, another, I think the documentary we watched didn't say that at all. It said that they just went right to the police after the first chase. That Um, sounds right. So a little discrepancy there. We don't know if there was just one chase or there were two chases, but they did end up going to the sheriff and the deputy to tell them their story of this creature and to get the the police to go looking, which I don't believe they saw anything after that that night. No, but they did it at least in the the little little um, documentary. They did mention that that the police then made a an effort to patrol that area a little more frequently. Um, and 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 because there were, there ended up being like within within like a, not a lot of time other like eyewitness events with people so they were like well maybe maybe there's something about this or something to this yeah it seemed to um kind of take off from there with a lot of people having um experiences with the mothman there's also kind of a side story um one of those couples was said to have seen like the the body of a dog when they were out on the road and they went back to look for it and it was gone, um, which is kind of a weird side note. But um, on that same night, apparently 90 miles away, uh, a man named Newell Partridge had a strange occurrence happen to him that seems to be connected. Um, so apparently he was home relaxing in his home um he's a farmer type he's got a barn he's got fields he's you know but he's relaxing for the night watching some tv i I believe his dog is outside his dog's name is bandit that's a cool name it's a cool dog (laughs) did they say what he was watching on tv no but it wasn't like he was watching like uh outer or like Twilight Zone or, or something like that. It did not get specific, but okay. he said um, that he was watching TV, the screen went dark, and then a pattern filled the screen. And around the same time, he heard noises outside, and his dog started um, reacting to noises outside. So he was like, oh, I better go take a look. So he gets his flashlight and goes outside, and he's looking around, and he flashes it like where his dog is barking, like looking at the barn and he sees something and, um, the dog immediately chases after it. Um, he was like, Oh crap, I gotta go get my gun. So then he has, he goes back inside the house to get his gun, but then he's kind of 
Like, I'm not going to go back outside. I'm just going to stay inside. So um, he, he didn't see anything. He just, his dog just went outside. I think he saw the creature. Like okay. when he shined the light on the barn, he saw the creature and then his dog like ran after it. And then his dog didn't come back. His dog did not come back. Oh. Um, yeah. So yeah, he went, got his gun inside, but he, then he didn't go back outside. Um, he just slept with his gun by his bed um, and was uneasy the rest of the night. And in the morning, he didn't see his dog anywhere and he didn't find his dog what, I mean, ever he, again. <laughs> I mean, his dog went running. He did then, he didn't hear his dog, I, I'd imagine. like. I imagine he probably heard the dog for a while barking and stuff. But, I mean, who knows how far that dog ran after sure. this creature. And he himself was not going to go back outside. He was too scared. Mm. He's um, yellow. Maybe so. Um, so this kind of makes you think like, well, if those two couples in the car 90 miles away, if they saw a dog's body on the side of the road that then was not there when they went back to look, was, did the moth, was the mothman at the one place and took the dog to the other place. Like how fast is the Mothman then? Like I mean, ninety miles is is not a it's not a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> like how far away is Astoria from Portland? Um. Oh, that yeah, it would probably. Mm, I mean, I'm know, really if, bad at geography. If you're if you're going sixty miles an hour, I mean, it's going to take you an hour to go sixty miles. And I, I imagine, like... It's a, probably a similar distance. Yeah. It seems like uh, that would... I mean, the Mothman would have to... I, I guess if the Mothman could chase a car at 100 miles an hour, then he could easily hop from one town to another. But that's still, like... <laughs> it's a pretty considerable distance, mm -hmm. uh, especially in one evening. Yeah, and it would have meant like, well, this thing at the farm had to have happened before the thing with the couples. So, like, what's the timeline there? Like, how late were the, these couples out driving that, you know, if it was dark at 90 miles away in Salem? Like, yeah, I'm not sure of the timeline. It's kind of all over the place. But mm -hmm. it does make an interesting story if, For you sure. know, if that was really his dog. If the Mothman just dropped him and then went back for him. Well, and there were other stories where, where people thought maybe the Mothman was an alien. So if the Mothman was an alien, then maybe he has a ship. If he has a ship, it'd be pretty easy for him to fly around pretty fast. I mean, UFOs are uh, fast, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so yeah, you said there's the alien connection because around the time of Mothman being spotted, um, a lot of people were also seeing really strange lights all over the place. Um, strange lights, seeing a Mothman, they're thinking there's UFO action going on, and then there's also some men in black showing up, um, questioning people, getting their stories and telling them not to talk about any of it, which is an interesting... Were there a lot of men in black or, or uh, FBI agents? Well, I mean, the town wasn't flooded with them, but I think there was enough that people were a little weirded out by it. Did they shut down the uh, the um, the munitions plant? Um, 
or at least like barricade it or like uh, close it off from from the public, like fence it up or something for investigation. I think like with some sightings, they they did like kind of create somewhat of a barrier to people going there because people got curious sure. and they wanted to go like they wanted to see Mothman. They wanted to have a sighting. So they would try to go there. And I think um, on some in occasions they would be stopped from doing so by men in black type people. Mm-hmm. Um, once all of this started getting out, which actually um, after the, the couples had their encounter, I believe the next day in the paper, in the local paper, they had an article about it. So it, it, it was something that affected the whole town. Um, and when it started getting out, like, hey, there's something weird going on in Point Pleasant. Like, people wanted to go and investigate, and they wanted to have a sighting of their own. And that's kind of where you get um, the author, John Keel. He went to the town and spent a lot of time there to get a lot of information because he wanted to write a book about it, which he did called the Mothman prophecies, which they also made that movie off of. And he was really into the idea that they, that Mothman was an alien, right? That was kind of his take on it. I'm not really sure. I mean, I didn't read the book. We did see the movie, but it's been years since we saw that movie. But I think he was looking for, like, a lot of answers. Like, could it have been a creature? Could it have been aliens? Um, it wasn't really sure. And this this creature was really only seen there for about a year, a little over a year. Um, uh, apparent, there was a big event that happened that kind of all of the sightings and all the weirdness stopped afterward. And, I mean, the big event was terribly tragic terribly tragic and a lot of people think like maybe the mothman was the omen of something bad happening like a like harbinger of doom kind of thing um so the bad thing happening was the silver bridge collapsing um and it was rush hour kind of traffic so there were a lot of cars on the bridge when it collapsed um and before it collapsed, for about a week before, a lot of people were seeing sightings of the Mothman flying like back and forth across the bridge. So they're thinking maybe he was, you know, trying to tell people something bad is going to happen to this bridge. Um, in the tragedy that happened with the collapse of the bridge, uh, reports say that 46 people died. 44 of those, the buried and two people were never found apparently so they kind of counted out as they probably perished in in the collapse but that's like spanning all age groups of people too Mm -hmm. young and old so really horrible horrible thing and then yeah after that day that was november 15th in 1967 sightings of the mothman and ufos and men in black just kind of went away so the like the FBI just up just packed up and and took off. Well, if there's no Mothman to see, there's nothing more to cover up. Maybe <laughs> that was an, another thing in the in the documentary that they mentioned about the the Men in Black was that that people were saying that they they would they would see like Men in Black like uh, scaling the bridge, like maybe like going up and down ladders or um, 
like ropes or something um, from pilings or not pilings, but whatever, you know, the supporting structure pieces of the bridge are, Mm -hmm. as well as seeing, you know, maybe a Mothman uh, flying to and from the bridge or around the bridge. Right. Yeah. Um, so with the Mothman, um, and the bridge collapse, people thinking he was an omen, um, there are actually other sightings of him throughout the world. Um, but, well, what? Oh, I was just going to talk about the bridge some more. Okay. Let's Uh, talk about the bridge some more. Another, like, interesting thing that, that someone brought up on the, on the documentary was, was, uh, they had some, you know, actual like surveyors or, or like bridge experts come out. And one of the, th- the interesting things that kind of makes the, the Mothman thing seem more kind of, or the whole, just makes the whole thing more interesting was like the, the one part of the bridge that failed was like the 13th piece of that okay. or something. So it was like, I forget what the piece was called, but it was like that, it was the 13th one. And that was the one that failed. And, you know, allowed the bridge to fall. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was, yeah, the 13. And, you know, 13 being uh, an unlucky number for some or, or being kind of like... Just A superstitious of, number, yeah, at least. Yeah, so, so it was kind of interesting. Yeah, that, that was an d- interesting detail in the little documentary we watched. There was another documentary that I really want to watch, but we couldn't get um i think it was just called the mothman of point pleasant it was done by um people who funded it through kickstarter i believe and they've done a few other documentaries and it seemed like it would be a really cool one um to watch but we haven't watched it but if you want to watch it let us know how it is hopefully someday we will uh, take a peek at it watch it maybe do a more in-depth uh mothman episode yeah it seemed really interesting they interviewed a lot of people for it so um, uh, if we want to go back to the, the doom and gloom aspect of the Mothman, um, so some people claim to have seen him in Freiburg, Germany, um, before a mine collapsed there. Was this also in the sixties? Um, no. So this is like a diff. I think it's like seventies or eighties. I can't remember. And I did not write down a year. Okay. Um, but it was later, later mm-hmm. on. Um, and from what I read, he, the miners were going to work that day and he actually barred their entrance to the mine reported, uh, allegedly anyway. And then later that day, there was like a great shaking and the mine collapsed and it would have killed all of them had they been in the mine. Um, so that's one supposed sighting of him. Another one was for Chernobyl. Like, a lot of people claim to have seen him flying around Chernobyl before the, the nuclear meltdown happened there, um, which also was a really big tragedy. I think I did a report on it in grade school. Chernobyl? Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people did a Chernobyl report. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, going through this, like, internet thing... Uh, people may have saw him before the Fukushima disaster. Um, another one is that he was flying around New York City in the Twin Towers before 9-11. Um, there is a photo if you look it up. I don't know if it's been doctored. Probably has. 
Um, but it is interesting nonetheless. And oh, the IA35 West Bridge, another collapse. People think that they saw him, and that was in 2007. So some of the stuff is fairly recent. We don't really know how valid it is. There's not a lot of accounts or really no proof of anything. Um, but it does make an interesting story. So what do you think? Are we going we going right to the Yetis, or is that what... Oh, I mean, we can, or oh. or just what do you think of of him being that omen of doom? Do you think that could be a thing, or is that just people thinking I mean, they see things and attributing it to him? Are these religious people that are, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, angels and demons kind of, kind of stuff where people are, you know, it, it could be they're just projecting. It could um, be, yeah. It could just be people... Wanting a reason, wanting to find something in horrible things that happen. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) I have no opinion. I haven't seen the Mothman. Um, You know, I I mean, I I wouldn't mind. I mean, I could not like... In like in proximity, I don't want to be like, yo, what's up, Mothman? (laughs) (laughs) You big. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, people see things. They do. And the interesting thing is there's not like, like with, with like, uh, Sasquatch or the Yeti or, you know, some other cryptids, uh, you know, people are like always like, oh no, yeah, I saw it. And the Mothman just kind of like seems fairly centralized or not, I guess not even centralized because he's it's apparently there's sightings all over the place, but they're, they're far fewer. They're far fewer, mm-hmm. which makes them a little more interesting. I also find it, um, interesting that, you know, it kind of affected a whole town rather than just a few individuals from the town. It seemed like nearly everybody in that town had seen something or had a family member that had seen something. So, I think that is kind of a unique occurrence when it comes to cryptids. For sure. So, it, I mean, what would a whole town benefit from making something like that up in the 60s? They could never know that, you know, there would be a movie in the 2000s about it or that people would want to come to their town for a festival over this Mothman. There is a Mothman festival there. I mean, now, yeah, the, you know, they kind of do benefit. hype it up yeah, yeah. to benefit from it. And, of course, I mean, why wouldn't you? But I mean, like, they have, they have a Mothman statue in the middle yeah. of town. Um, but in the 60s, like, that's, I don't think that's something that would have been on their minds think, thinking, oh, 50 years from now, this town's sure going to benefit from it. Though, I mean, it, it, the, 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 you know, the FBI... Maybe the FBI had something to do with it. It could be population control. Um, population control? Sure. Maybe these, this town was just getting too big for its bridges, and they were like, you know, we need to take some of them out. We're going to take down a bridge. But before we take down the bridge, we gotta we got to give them, a, give them something that, that doesn't make them suspicious. Um, though we're going to show up and be weird. But, you know, mm. here's, this, here's this flying creature. 
here's this big bird thing that's going to try to come into your uh, your barn, but it's not going to fit because it's a big giant bird. It was a small town, though. Like, I don't know why they would want to control that population. It would make more sense to hit a bigger city. Yeah, but, you know, bigger cities make a lot more noise. <laughs> I don't. This town seemed to make plenty of noise. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, well, let's do... Let's do the Yeti. Sure. Um, uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, how many Yetis? All right. If uh, My thoughts on Mothman, if he could have or does still survive, I think... Hmm, I don't know. I like his story. I'm probably... Yeah... I'm not very generous with my yetis, especially since there's really no, like, big proof. Like, not really any even pictures that are not obviously edited. So, probably just going to stick with three yetis. I see. Um, um, but then the whole town kind of saw something. I'm going to bump it up to four. I'm going to say four. I'm going to go with five yetis. Um, I like that there's fewer sightings, which makes it more like, you know, maybe these people who have seen it, they're like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I see this thing. It's a big bird, moth, weird thing with glowing eyes. And then they, you know, they hit the internet or the, um, the microfilms or something. The, you know, the scanned newspapers at the library and they find out what it is. Um, I like the chase that requires people to figure out what it is that they saw. And linking it all together. Um, so, yeah, I give it five yetis. I think because of the fewer sightings, it makes it a little bit more believable. Okay. And, okay. you know, if it's, if like the, the idea of it being a, a upset Thunderbird is kind of cool. So That is a, a cool angle. Yeah. I mean, there's this, you know, there was, there was probably more than just gunpowder at this munitions, ammunitions, like silo. So they, they, you know, it's it's quite possible that uh, um, that you know, some kind of runoff mutated some big giant bird already, and then it was just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm gonna mess with you guys. I'm around. Yeah, that's uh, that's possible. Or uh, you know, maybe there's just a lot of people doing drugs, or you know, <laughs> being. Or maybe all that pollution's got them all hallucinating. Yeah, that was I mean, also a theory. That was a theory <laughs> in the uh, in the little docu series thing. So. All right. Four for me, five for me. Yep. The Mothman. So next episode. Whenever that may be. Uh, it, they should be more frequent. There's, you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes life. Sometimes life, yeah, <laughs> life happens. <laughs> um, the next one, I believe we are going to tackle the skunk ape. So stay tuned for that exciting one. Uh, you can catch us on Stitcher. Um, just, you know, search Myth Taken or Myth Taken Podcast. Uh, you, we can be found on iTunes. Um, we can be found on Facebook. What is the Facebook uh, URL? I mean, it's it's Myth something. Mm. If you go to Facebook and you search Myth Taken, you'll find us. Yes, that's um, a good, yes. You can email us. It at, might be Myth Taken underscore podcast, but I can't. 
if you search Myth Taken podcast, it'll, it'll, it'll show up. It'll be a little picture that says Myth Taken. And there'll be a little TV with a Mothman flying in it. Um, you can also email us at mythtakenpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we're also on Instagram at myth underscore taken. Yes. All right. Myth underscore taken podcast. Myth underscore taken podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, join us next time for the skunk ape. I go out walking after midnight.